Good morning and welcome to another Tuesday morning with Justin. I'm Justin Futrell, Benefit Advisor at True North Companies. Today, you are in for a treat. I have Dr. V on with me here today. Let me give you a little bio and background. Coming to America as the only surviving infant on a refugee boat fleeing post-war Vietnam, Dr. V is no stranger to adversity. Once a minimally invasive surgeon who has overcome two chronic diseases, he is now a passionate health and human optimization champion and best-selling author of Thrive State, your blueprint for optimal health, longevity, and peak performance. Since David Meltzer connected the two of us naturally, if you want a copy of this book, ask, and we'll see what we can do. We'll at least be giving away five to listeners, so shoot us a message. As one of the most sought-after performance and longevity physicians in the country, Dr. Vu regularly works with celebrities, athletes, executives, and corporations to optimize their health, performance, and vitality. His mission is to empower people and organizations to reclaim their health and serve with fulfillment, abundance, and purpose. He enthusiastically, as you will see, will share his message on national TV shows such as The Doctors and Access Hollywood, keynote and corporate stages such as Whole Foods and Biohacking Conference, as well as he um, will with us here today. Dr. V, I'm so excited to have you on. Um, Last thing, you're also an assistant clinical professor at UCLA. With that, Thanks for being here. Hey, it's great to be on. I know you uh, really are spreading the message of of good health and empowerment uh, to everybody you work with. So I am glad to be on with you. Awesome. That's right. We are trying to uh, empower others to um, grow personally and professionally. And so I want to start, Dr. V, for people who don't know you and your story, the, the first time I was connected to you, I thought, wow, what a journey. This guy has been on coming from the Philippines to become a doctor. And well, I don't want to I don't want to give it all away. So, Dr. V, tell us tell us your story. Well, uh, thanks for asking. And you're right. I was born in Vietnam after the Vietnam War. And basically uh, the, you know, communist regime took over basically all the the wealth that that uh, the citizens had. And my parents were really forced to flee Vietnam. So I was on a refugee boat for eight months, uh, docked outside Manila Bay when when we fled. We spent another three months in a Philippine refugee camp, and I uh, was sponsored over to America by a Catholic church. And one would think a kid, you know, you know, surviving that that boat voyage. I actually had dysentery. It was actually the only infants who survived uh, that boat voyage. That I would be very grateful, and uh, couldn't be further from the truth. You know, I, I got. Uh, landed in America. And I remember going to school where the kids teased me for the holes in my hand-me-down clothes, for the stinky food my mom, you know, sent me to school with. I got a bunch of, go back to your home country, chinky. So I got all those messages. And I just remember not liking being in the skin I was in, you know. Uh, I wanted to be taller. I wanted to be more American. I want to be white. All these things that I didn't really learn to love myself. And, you know, growing up, I was always trying to strive to achieve something outside of myself, thinking that if I got success, I would be happy. If I got success, I would finally be loved and I would finally be worthy. And so uh, as a kid, I want to actually, you know, 
be somebody of influence like Tony Robbins, Mick Jagger, Robin Williams. I, I, I enjoy those people in the media, but I didn't really have anybody who looked like me in the media to actually emulate to. And so my mom also said, look, we didn't travel around the world for you to be an entertainer or somebody in the media. <laughs> You're going to be a doctor, an MD or a physician. And so I went to medical school. And again, I was constantly striving. You know, I w- wanted to go to the top medical schools. I wanted to be in the top residencies. And I basically ended up being a, an interventional radiologist. And for people who don't know what that is, it's actually a minimally invasive surgeon that uses technology or medical imaging to guide minimally invasive procedures. Uh, and again, I, I strove to be in the top of that field. Five years into my practice, uh, I bought a fancy house, bought a fancy car. I flew around the world to talk about the latest advances in interventional radiology. And from somebody looking in from the outside, you would think, wow, this guy has achieved the American dream. Uh, He's finally made it. But in that moment, uh, I remember feeling like I failed in many ways because I was not happy. I was also not very healthy. I was overweight. I was diabetic. I had high blood pressure and I was on prescription medications. And I realized that the medical training I had didn't prepare me to actually be well or be my best self. In fact, the culture of medical training, unfortunately, is a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of studying, a lot of, you know, grueling work and didn't have the tools to actually deal with the stress. So it was no wonder that I actually got sick. And so I made it my mission to figure out actually how to be well. And so I did additional training in nutrition, epigenetics anti-aging and regenerative medicine. I studied spirituality with some shamans. And in a very short period of time, in six months, I actually reversed my diabetes and high blood pressure, went off of the medications. And certainly with all the biohacking and regenerative medicine I've done, I'm now fitter, stronger, smarter, much happier than I was, uh, you know, than even in my 20s. And I'm now in my mid-40s. Dr. Kian, I got so many questions and follow up to that. What a journey. What a journey. Um, as having just spent time with one of my friends in residency, I can, I can totally appreciate the sleepless nights that come with becoming a doctor. And I think that it's kind of ironic that the doctors, the, the people who are teaching us how to be healthy are often put in situations where it's really hard for them to be healthy. So I want to go on a little side tangent here and ask, um, how, how do you see us reshaping uh, conventional medicine and maybe even conventional residencies and, and people having the chance to become doctors? Yeah, I'll pause. I think that's a very good question. And I don't necessarily think it's the fault of um, – you know, training programs, because I think people have just forgotten what it's like to, to be a, a human being. And with the technology that we have, with certainly the medications that, that have come out, technology has been great. We've been able to solve a lot of problems, but we have failed to realize that a lot of diseases that are cropping up isn't a disease that is just cropping in, out in the midair. It's the way we've been living our lives due to the technology that's now available. Um, and it's not really a life that should be lived as a human being. You know, we look at populations where people live the longest, you know, Dan Boytner wrote a book called the blue zones, and these are five 
areas all around the world where people live the longest and have the least amount of disease. We're talking Loma Linda, California, Acaria, Greece, Okinawa in Japan, the Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica, and also Sardinia in Italy. Uh, they don't have all this fancy tech or fancy hospitals or biohacking tools and things like that. So how are they living so long? And are there secrets to their way of living that actually frees them from disease? And it turns out that there actually is. A lot of those uh, countries move every day naturally and they, they don't use conveniences to do work. They're actually out there gardening rather than, you know, buying some unhealthy, you know, uh, vegetables that are sprayed with pesticides. They belong in a tribe. They have ways to actually reduce stress. And these are all components that are necessary for a healthy human life. You know, I wrote my book, Thrive State, and it was really studying, you know, longevity and studying ways people were living. And does that affect our biology? And it turns out, yes. You know, many people think that because mom or dad has a disease that they're bound to get it themselves. Now, our genetics do play a component uh, in our health and longevity, but there are just tendencies and they're not our fate. It turns out that our DNA constantly interacts with its cellular microenvironment. So everything around the cell is dictating whether that cell thinks it is in a dangerous state or whether it's in a safe and thriving state. If you give your cells exactly what it needs in seven areas of life, we're talking sleep, nutrition, movement, emotional mastery, relationships, and purpose. Your cells think, hey, all is good. And our cells already know what it needs to do to be healthy, to be vibrant. And if you focus on those seven things, you will have access to optimal health, longevity, and peak performance. Mm. If you don't focus on those things, then your cells actually think that it's in danger. Well, it's going to hunker down. And it's not going to perform very well. And if one cell doesn't perform very well, guess what? Tissues don't form very well. Organs don't form very well. And then our systems are off. When our systems are off, that's when we have chronic symptoms. And that's when we get chronic disease. And so how our cells perform ultimately comes from the environment it's in. And guess what? We control that environment by focusing on those seven things. And so... You know, that's something I think that the, you know, American healthcare needs to just understand is how we live our life is medicine and we forget about those things. And unfortunately, the medical training doesn't really focus on all those things. It's like, hey, get through all this material and go out and practice, get through all this training and go out and practice, not, not actually creating infrastructure so that people are actually sleeping well that actually, you know, the people training has tools to handle stress. Maybe we need a little bit more nutrition uh, education. And I think the thing for doctors is really affecting behavioral change for their patients. Not And unfortunately with the healthcare system, many doctors are forced to see their patients in 15 minutes. How are you gonna get to know their pains or what they're going through and why they aren't able to make certain changes you know, you can't just say, okay, well, you know, eat better, go, you know, go run some more and, and you'll be good. It's hard to actually create that change if you don't know what's holding them back. And that's something I think could be improved on in medical training is really training a doctor how to be a coach. Yeah. Wow. I, so I want to hit on a couple of things and point out some alignments that I see Dr. V1 
It sounds like you found yourself in that danger state when you were through residency and, and after being a doctor and you, you had the house and the car that you loved, um, but you felt a hole somewhere. You, you felt like you were missing something and it sounds like your brain was in a danger state and not the thrive state. And for listeners on the podcast, I see the, the thrive state book in the background. We'll put more details on that at the end. Um, Dr. V, how do you, how do you know if you're in the danger state or the thrive state? And maybe more importantly, if, if you, if you think you might be in the danger state, how can we get one step closer to the thrive state? What's the first step? Oh, great question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, if we look at all those seven things in the life, physical, or actually I'll boil it down simply, the physical includes sleep, nutrition, and movement. Then there's emotional, mental, social, and spiritual. Ask yourself in those five areas, are, do you feel like you're crushing it there? Are you feeling great? That's, that's a great question. Are you feeling happy? Are you feeling like you're fulfilled? Right? Those emotions are really important. So many people are chronically stressed. They just don't know it. They, they're like, okay, well, this is how life should be lived. I'm constantly annoyed. I'm, I'm yelling at people a lot. I get irritated very easily. When, when somebody cuts me off on the freeway, I'm angry. And if that is the majority of the time you spend in your emotions, it drives the stress hormone. And guess what? Inflammation goes up, immunity goes down, and then basically cellular function goes down as well. Um, and then just kind of look at your thoughts. You know, our brain is, you know, uh, designed to actually have more negative thoughts and not, and that's actually to keep us safe, right? This could go wrong. Well, I don't like that. You're not enough. You're not worthy. You, you need to belong. All these things um, most people feel and these, this negative talk runs in our mind. Here's the thing. We can't necessarily control those thoughts coming, but what we can control is what we choose to focus on. If we can understand there's a primitive part of our brain used to keep us safe, it's actually called the default mode network, and it's constantly on. Recognize that those thoughts on yours, those are just like surface things. Those are things that are picked up when we're very, very early, and, and that's out there. People teach us. We've got TV shows, social media that teaches us that maybe we're not enough, that we're not deserving of love. And we pick those things up. And so... If you could be aware of, okay, that's just an old program that's in my mind, I could think a little bit differently. And if you could start to notice those things, you could say, hey, you know what? That's the old me or that's the old program. I choose to live this way and start acting that way. That's really, really empowering. You know, and all, you know, the other way of knowing also is, look, if, if you can't control your thoughts and your emotions aren't in a good state, if you've got physical symptoms, you know, let's say you've got a lot of skin rashes. Let's just say that you're, you've got chronically fatigue or or brain fog or like um, you've got some extra belly, you know, fat. Um, you know, any any symptoms might be a clue that things aren't going your way. You know, the the thrive state is really a a state where your beingness is just at its best. So physically, you're feeling like you've got a lot of energy. Emotionally, you're feeling like you're just lit up. You know, mentally, you're able to see what is this old default mode network, and you're able to think past that. And then the last thing is, so many people, you know, it comes down to the spiritual aspect. Is you know, if you are in the thrive state, you know that you you are enough. You know you you've got a lot. 
you can give to the world. You're serving other people. And so your focus isn't on yourself. Your focus is on other people. And that's another great thing. If you're feeling like you're depressed or something, go help somebody out. It is going to really shift. When you shift your focus on others, you actually start to feel better for yourself. If, If your focus is on yourself, you're telling yourself, oh my God, I'm in danger. You know, something, something's going to go wrong. I need to be X, Y, or Z. Shift that focus and you'll start to shift your life. I love that. I love that, Dr. V. And, and I'll share that I had a friend recently invite me to volunteer at the homeless shelter. And the first time I went, I was, wow, this is awesome. I mean, there's, there's so many grateful people uh, that you're there and you're helping at this awful time in their life. And um, the idea of serving others to fill up your own cup. Uh, I love that. And I, I want to switch gears here, Dr. V. I, I can appreciate you do a lot of engaging with corporations, organizations, and employers who are really wanting to put a focus on intentionally helping their people, taking care of their people. So let's start with what changes has the pandemic brought from your perspective from an employer standpoint? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to link this back to, um, you know, just our our health in general. The pandemic has really, you know, whacked, particularly America in the face, because unlike some other countries, when the pandemic hit, we probably lost more lives and put people in more comorbidities than some of the other countries who are more healthy. What it revealed was people were not in thrive state. People were probably just surviving. And then when a stress came in, our bodies were not able to handle that stress. So people were getting sick. You know, I, you know, you know, I work with CEOs, athletes, celebrities on how to optimize each individual person. Each person is an organism made up of individual cells, which is why I'm a proponent that you've got to give each cell exactly what it needs. You have to optimize cellular health as that single unit because cells make tissues, make organs, which make systems, which make up who we are. So we have to optimize that cell. Otherwise, we're going to be in the stress state. An organization is a super organism made up of all the individual members of that organization. So what we have to do is optimize the performance and optimize the health and vitality of each individual for the entire organization to function very well. So, you know, the the same five things, mental, physical, uh, emotional, spiritual, and social, all those things that are used to optimize the individual also has an organizational component as well. And you have to optimize those things because guess what, you know, in the body, if a lung cell didn't operate at its full capacity. Let's just say a lung, very important for bringing in oxygen. Let's just say it now functions at 80% capacity. Well, all of a sudden the body, the whole ecosystem has 80% less oxygen. Guess what? Does you think that kidney cell is going to function with 20% less oxygen, you know, to the kidney? No, it's going to start to fail. And guess what the kidney does? It helps filters toxins. Now, all of a sudden, that original lung cell that wasn't functioning very well is now affecting the kidney cell. And guess what? The kidney cell whose function is supposed to filter out all these toxins. Now there's more toxins in the entire ecosystem. Right. Now the entire ecosystem has less oxygen and more toxin. Guess what happens to the brain? That starts to drop as well. And now 
what has happened with organization is if you don't focus on the overall health of every single member of that organization, you're going to have people call in sick, their productivity is going to be down, the morale is going to be down, and all of a sudden you might have some people in a certain department not functioning very well. Guess what? That's going to affect the next department. And just like you know, the example of the lung and the kidney cell not working very well, you have one department going down, affecting another department, and then the entire system will come down. Your individual cells don't function very well, then your departmental you know, group aren't going to function very well, and suddenly the super organism of that organization isn't going to function. That's what I've seen. I've seen basically people calling in sick, which results in $575 billion lost annually. And guess what? The people who aren't producing very well who actually go to work, but they're either sick or they've got brain fog or they're not interacting very well, that resulted over $1 trillion worth of loss in the, in, the, in the company. And I don't really look at those numbers in dollars. I look at the fact that there's also human beings at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, people spend so much time at work. And if, 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 if the people employing them aren't looking after them, they're taking in that energy, that stress, that low morale they're taking at, at home, and that affects their home state as well. And if that doesn't go well, it comes back to work. So all of a sudden, you know, you've got this organism that's affecting other ecosystems around it when it's not focusing on the health and vitality of each individual member. Right. And the, the percentages make a whole lot of sense. I mean, I can just picture if someone's coming in to work and they're not focused at 100%, then, okay, now we're at 90%. I know something's wrong with my body, and I'm worried about an upcoming doctor appointment, and now I'm down to 60% productivity. And yeah. so I, you, you can totally make up your own story in visualizing how this, this trickle-down effect, and I, I appreciate the analogy with the cell. It all starts with the cell. I, I've never heard this idea before, um, before you, and so this... You're really passionate about this, Dr. V. I'm really, really passionate because, you know, I want the world to elevate. You know, we have we have the opportunity to really elevate everybody in the world. But if people aren't waking up to the fact that we can't, we as a human species, we as a human collective cannot elevate, if we're, if we're just functioning at 50% or 60%, we can't give the best of ourselves. I know I am most creative. I know that I am most passionate when I am feeling vibrant. And that happens with the company as well. Let's just not talk about the losses. Let's just say, you know, there there are certain companies are doing pretty well. People aren't calling in sick, but people aren't, you know, necessarily functioning at their best. They're just functioning not at 60%, but let's say 90%. Mm -hmm. Well, that extra 10% is what people need to tap into more creativity, more innovation, you know, better morale. So the companies that I know and really have that competitive edge, they're really providing these things for every single member. And, you know, they're doing it again. Each company doesn't just work in a silo and out there making money. the, The companies, you know, that are next level companies, the thriving companies are really giving back to humanity as a whole, but they can't do it unless they themselves are actually operating in that state. So there's a thrive state for individuals. And there's also that thrive state for organizations. Right. I love the triple bottom line, people, planet, and profit. Um, And and I love hearing what you're doing to help companies get their people closer to that thrive state. 
mm -hmm. that it's better for them personally and it's better for the company. Um, it, Dr. V, what if someone wants to connect and have a conversation with you? What's the best way to connect? Well, I am on Instagram at Dr. VMD. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-V-M-D. My website is kienvu.com. Uh, and it has links to my podcast, my blogs, uh, as well as, you know, information if they want to book me to come speak at their event. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Dr. V, thanks for being here. Any final thought that you would like to share with listeners? Yeah, the final thought is this, you know, we have so much technology that's out there uh, that is able to extend the human lifespan and performance further than we ever thought possible. But even with all this research, I find that the very best medicine is to master yourself. And so at the end of the day, if you have control of basically your choices and you follow through on them, you become your best medicine, not any doctor, you. And to anybody that's out there, you are your best medicine. For every corporation out there, you and every single member there are your best medicine as well. There we go. We heard it here from Dr. V. Thank you for your knowledge bombs and uh, experience that you shared with us today, Dr. V. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.